MOD, Godfather of Solar. We got Taggart, Bucket List. The We're tribe here. is here. We're here. We're in Africa right now. We Middle of the bush. In the bush. <laughs> we are out, out in the bush. And we've got to be semi-quiet because if yeah, we're we too like, loud, oh. we're attracting, attracting maybe a lion or a jaguar because we're on the hunt right now. Yeah. Not just like hunting with guns, but just hunting visually. Yeah. We don't want to like attract the lion. We want to sneak up on yes. the lion. Yes. And uh, observe him without possessing him. So I love that we don't need to possess him. No. I love that we're not like bringing big guns. I told several people I was going on safari and I just like, just safari. Yeah. And they're like, so like guns and like you're gonna kill things? Like that didn't even occur to me. Like, no. it didn't even come into my mind that we might like kill stuff. Why would I just kill something to kill something? I, I don't. I, I don't want its know. head on my wall. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I must have your head on my wall because I should have that. So what what made you think? Let's uh, you know we kind of up level the tribe. For, you know, come as a what we come with, leave as a tribe. What made you think to bring the tribe out to where we kind of associate tribes with the real tribe? Yeah, out into the African uh, wilderness. Few reasons. Um, one is there is an element of studying tribe, right? Mm -hmm. It's like what creates these guys in their, you know, different languages. They have 11 major languages, but there's hundreds of other tribal languages, let alone mm -hmm. cultures that go on from chiefs to different ways of living. You know, when people think Africa, sometimes they think of like these, they're jumping around with spears everywhere and wearing like crazy loop earrings. And, you know, and you're like, well, that is one scent of tribe in mm -hmm. certain parts, but there's yeah. also just like- and that does exist. It does exist, but it's not as, as common. So the, the second reason was to face fears. So like we're cage diving with great whites right. and drowning and sharks are two of my biggest fears. And I said, well, can mm. you put them together? Mm -hmm. And so- Obviously this, you're not uh, afraid of jumping off cliffs. No, not as much. I mean, <laughs> heights has not been one of my main fears, um, but definitely water. And I think it's because I associate it to when I was a kid. My mm -hmm. sister would always try to drown me. I don't know why in the pool. And I'd be like, Stop. Jaws like, when you were a kid. Yeah, dun, and then, dun, exactly. And dun, then Jaws, dun, I dun, dun. it was one of the first really scary movies I watched. You know, it was like when I was little, those started coming out. And uh, I don't know, put the two together. So I still regret having my oldest son watch Jaws. It, he never got over it. He no. still doesn't want to get out into uh, a body of water. It like, literally scared yeah just like built a trauma it's weird how like you have these little associations yeah. since you're little yeah and so it's interesting how different people uh have different fears that seize them and other people don't relate at all so we did the uh the cliff step off the cliff dive in yep. in switzerland um and the reaction and the range of reactions was just as much as it could be to can't get off to, I want to go again. <laughs> and I've always been, uh, for me, that one is uh, just an experience of bliss. I want to, how many times are you gonna let us do it? Yeah. And then, and Marsha, who's right behind me, had a totally different experience, which was, I'm gonna commit to doing it. 
and then I'm going to get over this fear. And then she got to the platform and said, this fear is telling me something and I'm going to listen to it. Yep. And so I'm not going to step off a thousand foot drop off, which is probably pretty sane. Yeah, it's inter- <laughs> well, it's interesting. In Guatemala, there's that cliff jump that we did. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, she talked about that empathy with mm-hmm. fear. Mm-hmm. You know, we brought in this Kristen Ulmer who had written books on fear. She's one of the most extreme female athletes mm-hmm. and, yeah. in skiing. And... She was like, hey, lean into your fear. So we went there and I saw everybody jumping and I was like, okay, I'm jumping off this cliff and it was mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. But I realized that I was on a different level of fear with it when it comes to heights. So I watched somebody dive head first and I was like, man, that that to me was scary. Mm-hmm. So then in my mind, I was like, I should do that. And I, I, I pulled a marsh. I was like, I'm gonna dive, I'm gonna dive. And then I didn't dive. <laughs> I was like, nope. Um, and I've pulled a marsh. I pulled a marsh. But I really did. So the following year, I'm actually back in that exact same spot in yeah. Guatemala. Yeah. And I had an opportunity where I was like, oh, let's revisit that and mm-hmm. see if I could lean into fear in a different way. And mm-hmm. I find myself this time, there's nobody around. Mm-hmm. And I dove twice and it took me probably seven, eight minutes of just talking to myself on the ledge, you know, you can do this, I'm swearing yeah, and I'm right. cussing like Marshall was. I'm, but imagine I'm just by myself, you know, I'm just like, no way! And I turn around and I'm like, I can do this, you know, and I, and finally I was like, one, two, no, one, two, and I, and, and, but I did it. And then all of a sudden I get out of the water and I was like, yes. And I ran up and I was like, I'm gonna do it again. It's gonna be easier, right? Yeah. Nope, still took me three minutes of talking to myself, but it didn't take me seven minutes. But it's that like, once you build a, a tolerance, right? Of mm-hmm. I did that thing, I mm-hmm. overcame the fear. It mm-hmm. just gets easier and easier each time. Mm-hmm. And I think leaning into uncomfortability is part of our growing process of just, mm-hmm. where are we afraid to let go? Where are we afraid of pain? Where are we afraid of trying new things? Where are we afraid of change? Mm-hmm. But that's part of growth. Like all of those things are the catalyst to growth. Being willing to tread into that area where you're uncomfortable or, or even just awkward. Yes. So when you're kind of getting out of the real world that we live in, the practical world, and you're going to transition into being in a different space, an epic space, what, how do you prepare yourself and what are you looking to get out of it, professionally and personally? There's kind of a three-step process. One is what what's the people or, mm-hmm. or i guess the first step would be what's the experience you want to cultivate right mm-hmm. so you pick your activities you pick your agenda the locations the you know think of like the food we've had mm-hmm. and the places we've stayed you know it's yeah. not like oh let's just stay at the hampton it's like no this is okay, like, right at the top of the matterhorn yeah like having a hot cocoa like what's the what's the experience you want to cultivate mm-hmm. and how do you research and plan that agenda. Mm -hmm. Then the two is who do you want to do it with? Which I think is a big part of like, you know, I think if you just open this to everybody and said, hey, anyone and everybody come, it changes that, it changes the vibe. It changes like, eh, I can't be, you know, and be who I want to be, experience it how I want to experience it. And then the third one is, you know, and, and especially like when you cultivate the right people in a room, magic happens. It's like they're just at dinner table having a really good conversation or they're talking about similar interests or similar ideation. And then number three is allowing for the space for it just to play out how it's supposed to play out, right? Like I think it, the more you have kind of a, it has to look like this, 
the less you get to have it create itself. Yeah. And so I always just say, pick the intentions. So like, for example, tomorrow mm -hmm. at 2.30, we'll have an intentional kind of conversation where most mm -hmm. conversations mm -hmm. have been ad-lib just naturally mm -hmm. come up where it's like, hey, can I section out an hour and a half? Like we just did a breathwork thing and that was kind of thrown into the mix randomly, but yeah. it's like, People were asking about it. But it was time. Yeah, it was yeah. time. It was like space to say, hey, let's do something that's- Pick a spot, let's do it. Let's do it. And we do breath work or- And then full intention, full send. Yeah, we send it. And tomorrow it'll be pick an intention and we'll go into a conversational piece. And, you know, it's weaving in, you know, this one's less organized in the sense of content, but it's weaving in, what are the memories of the feelings that I had going through the experience, right? So it's like mm. an aha, or I, I overcame a fear, mm -hmm. or I learned something new. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's the emotion in the experience? Because people remember how they feel, not necessarily like all the little details. It's like, you think right. of a trip 20 years ago or 50, 10 years ago, you're mm -hmm. not like, oh yeah, what did we, you'd have to look at your journal and photos to remember every element, where you remember that was one of the best trips I've ever had. And I'm mm -hmm. like, well, why? You're like, I don't know. Like it just was. I had a great time. I had a great What's time. a great time? A great time has to do with the emotions. Mm -hmm. One of the things I've enjoyed is being uh, surprised by things that I didn't think were going to be important to me. You know, so when we went to Guatemala, I thought it was cool that we would be giving yeah. back in the form of taking our vacation time, so to speak, and we're gonna work, doing menial labor, helping people do something they need done. We built those garden boxes. But I was surprised to be adjacent to people that live that way and then have such a profound experience. Yeah. And, uh, and then thinking they're so different in the midst of it, and then we sort of emerge out of the whole thing at the collecting space and there's these like couple of 12 year old girls and and i'm just feeling like we're on another planet like we're encountering uh people that have grown up on a different planet you know because yeah. just the sparseness and the meagerness uh just a totally different way to live and then as we're gathering the girls push the button on their boombox, and michael jackson's playing yeah and they start like moonwalking and i'm like we're all just the same you know we're all Goof. we're all on this little tiny planet sharing stuff together so true and i think we get in our own way of like forgetting human as human and to watch some of these guys here smile like they just goofing around making jokes <laughs> yeah they don't get, smile on their face well they got yeah. yesterday the guy doing their work today he goes oh well we were singing lion king on the Yes, this morning, and the guy goes, "Oh, I've taken the Backstreet Boys on a safari around, yeah. around." <laughs> and it's like we could be the Backstreet Boys, or we could be like a no man. Yeah, they don't care. Like right. some zebras, you know. So when you put these together, what is your hope for others to experience, and how should people show up for this? I, I hope. You know, obviously that they walk away going, wow, that was one of the coolest trips I've ever been on. Mm -hmm. You know, like we call, it, we call it bucket list because mm -hmm. it's like everybody goes on trips, but I think sometimes they, you know, they limit themselves or they, they're like kind of repetitive. Like I've been to Cancun how many times? You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like that's bucket list. Going where, to the beach, yeah. Um, these are meant to be much more wow, I can check something off. Like I, I, I cage dive with a great white or I swam with a penguin or I 
saw a lion. You know, I went on yeah. an African safari. Like stuff you're gonna tell your grandkids yeah, about like, on oh, your I've deathbed. Been, you know. Yeah, like nobody's like, oh, I went to the beach in Cancun. Like, but you are like, oh, I was on a safari and literally hanging with elephants and and lions and yeah, stuff. Yeah, saw a leopard kill. But I also think like cultivating relationships. What's really cool is like most of the people that came to Egypt last year are back on this trip in Africa mm -hmm. because they were like, oh, cool, Nick's going? Oh, yeah, Tom and Claudia are going? Like, mm -hmm. And it makes it easy for them to just be like, wow, we, we've kept in touch. Like, you know, Nick and Gabby went to Mike's, you know, New Year's Eve party. And yeah. Like, just seeing them throughout the year and a lot of times you don't have the same conversation too. Like, AJ was like, oh my gosh, like people that actually have read these books and can talk about these books and like, have these conversations like for him and his friend group he's not able to have that so it's like introducing people to people that probably think and talk like they do and hopefully they can continue a relationship yeah. on i would say my prized possessions from an experience like this are conversations yeah totally unexpected somebody i didn't know i was going to enjoy having yep just this expanding conversation with yep and then that that's it that just becomes a takeaway value 100%. I came, I had a uh, I have a uh, a habit of I've created a habit of making a list of all my ideas mm. and so I had an idea that I wrote down today create a dinner club mm. kind of same thing it's different like, ones based on different conversations yeah. and get people together that you enjoy having a conversation about business or relationships or you know, I'm a poker player yep. AJ's uh, knows everything I know about poker and I know some he doesn't he knows yeah. stuff I don't know and then in the conversation we're just like on our hobby getting yep. uh, just totally getting off on the conversation no I think that's that's a great idea the dinner club or you know, we're just we don't we're not intentional about like what people that I need in a room to have a conversation yeah, curating about curating that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, and I think a lot of times like we'll go to a dinner with some friends or we'll be at a family night or something like that, and a lot of times it's so superficial. Instead of like saying, hey, let's let's create a prompt mm -hmm. or let's have an intention to this conversation, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you go two layers deeper than you probably would have had yeah. you just been like like nobody's willing or brave enough usually to go first to bring up some kind of more intimate conversation like so for somebody who kind of struggles with that what uh what would you suggest they do to enable them to be vulnerable and and have the conversation well i think it's allowing the space if the mm -hmm. space has been set it's mm -hmm. easier right mm -hmm. if if we're just at the dinner table and all of a sudden i'm like can i just tell you i'm really struggling with porn <laughs> what <laughs> what did you just say oh, <laughs> like, no. like oh my god somebody yeah, said like, something real yeah, stop it like hold on yeah, <laughs> pull somebody, the fire alarm it's like, <laughs> empty like the that, building the whole dinner table would be like uncomfortable they'd be like i don't know if i want to go here like where are we really going there bro like you know whatever like just right away like it'd be like yeah, people would be like, what? Like, no, we're Grandma not. Grandma says, well, what I always do when that happens <laughs> to me is. Yeah. And, but So they don't know if they can be oh, safe because it might offend or create like an awkward scenario. Yeah. And so if you said, okay, let's let's actually like have a set time or a set conversational Safe topic, place. A safe place. Yeah. And, and, and welcome that, then it's much easier to open up realness. Mm. And I think I've just always from the, these events, I kind of set that intention in the beginning. I'm like, guys, this is a time to like get real, be you. There's no like agenda in the sense of you have to like posture anything. Where yeah. you're to, like, <laughs> there's no, I'm not trying to get anything here. I'm just trying to have a good time. And I think 
it helps cultivate that a little bit. You're not hijacking the conversation. Yeah, 100%. All right, so uh, you ready for a personal question? Yeah. All right, so uh, this lovely, beautiful mm-hmm. lady seated to your right here in the uh, in the Jeep. Uh, in, in the short period of time you guys have been together, uh, I've got to experience you getting engaged and married and just all sorts of wonderful experiences. What has it been like uh, having your relationship begin and then go through so many epic experiences like in a pretty short period of time? Yeah, we've done a lot. We've yeah. seen like 10 countries and we've been all over the states. Yeah. And- so like what we've done in a Sam, year. Sam, can we bubble? Nah, we're in Hawaii now. All right. <laughs> so what about, nah, we're in Nicaragua. Okay. <laughs> I feel like what most people do in a 10-year marriage, we've been able to do in a one. Which yeah, is really or maybe cool. a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Which is not been, bad. Lifetime, not it, bad. It has its pros and it has, yeah. it has its ups and it has a little bit of downs too. It's been go, go, go. It's been a lot of adjusting, mm-hmm. a lot of experiences mm-hmm. and learning each other, which is really awesome. It sounded like you kind of weren't really totally ready to go to Africa this week. No, yeah. I was this, not. This particular week. No. Yeah. It's not like not. nothing, nothing, nothing in three months from now we're going to go no, to Africa. I was wearing Lake yeah. Powell two weeks before. <laughs> I was <laughs> yeah, back yeah, to back Lake Powell, yeah. And I was like, can we just chill for a minute? And it was like, nope, next week we're going to Africa. And I'm like, we just got back. <laughs> so it's been, it's been busy, but I think it goes back to when we first started dating, the first thing Sam said to me was, hi, I'm Sam. Welcome to my life. Mm-hmm. And and that sentence makes more sense than ever now. <laughs> I, I know, because she, she saw a picture of me in Egypt, and that was what she was attracted to. And she's like, oh, you're a vibe. And, but I think there's two, I guess the two benefits are when you're in experiences, you get to see a lot of different colors. When you're in the mundane, you kind of see the same color. It's like rinse, repeat. I see this version of you. When you allow for you know, us to go to Peru and sit on a rock and us to go to, you know, Scotland and mastermind or Egypt or, you know, all these places. You can... A lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's challenges, there's long flights, there's early mornings and late nights. And there's, you know, you, there's a mix of mm-hmm. a lot of things. And so you see a lot of colors and that's fun. I'm calling you out. I think it's all bullshit. It's just a way to have to not knock on doors. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Everybody has a more elaborate way yes. of getting to a point where they're not knocking on doors every day. Yeah. But you're knocking on doors in a different way. So you sort of epitomize uh, what the mission of D2D is. Yes. And you, you know, had that mission as a young dude, right? And then articulated it and then just said, um, no one's ever said you can't do it. You just did it anyway, right? Yep. So. Obviously, it's had a, you know, I think you kind of epitomize uh, the effect that that's had on one life. Yep. What do you think about when you think about the effect that it's had on maybe one other person or maybe 10 or 100 or 1,000? Yeah, I think, I think this is, you do 1099 things. Mm. So, like, I still knock on doors and have to make an income but it's so that you can experience mm-hmm. life. You know Cause you I mean? literally like, knock on doors. Yes, like, <laughs> and it's people that don't realize like, wait, you're doing this job so that you can either buy the things you want to buy, mm-hmm. experience the things you want to experience. Mm-hmm. And I value experiences more than material things. Mm-hmm. 
like for me, I'd rather put my money into an experience. And mm -hmm. so whether I lose money or make money doing mm -hmm. them, I don't care. Like mm -hmm. we're just doing them. Um, but I think people didn't see the 10 years of door knocking that was just mm -hmm. straight grinding. And many, many- Which is doctors. where it really comes from. Yeah, like, yeah. Otherwise you have nothing to offer. I Sometimes people are like, how do I get to where you are in 10 minutes? Yeah. Like, and you're like, you're not, it's not gonna happen. I literally- <laughs> You have to go do something. <laughs> This is pre-social media, like yeah. you know what I mean? Like I didn't have social media and there wasn't anybody posting, hey, look at me on the doors today again, mm -hmm. you know? And now it's like, there's a lot of people posting content of like, I'm knocking in a neighborhood, cool. Or it's like, I just went, you know, since I was little, more than 10 years, just straight knocking and building savings and building mm -hmm. leadership and building teams mm -hmm. and building knowledge. Mm -hmm. And it's helped propel you know, propel me into being able to do things like this. And I think that anybody listening to that is like, yeah. I'd love to do things like yeah. that. It's they don't see the hours and hours and hours and hours grinding mm -hmm. so that I can set aside time to do this. So, I mean, that kind of brings it into, into, con, in, into picture with regard to some nice things. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, really have you taken in the fact that there are scores i don't know what the right number scores yeah. of paths that are different there are people at companies that would absolutely positively not be at those companies yeah but there was an intersection made and a, an introduction made and a, they wouldn't have been oh, in this 100%. career or that career uh personally uh it was kind of a weird coincidence right i had you never know what you're going to say yes to yeah so spotio is my uh knocking at my knocking app and my spotio salesman says oh i got a ticket to d to d do you want to go and i'm like my partners are going to the solar panel convention i'm like that doesn't sound good i don't, yeah. don't, don't want to go to the solar panel convention uh and i got this ticket to go to the door-to-door -door convention yeah. and i'm like okay that sounds good i want to go jam with dudes that are knocking on doors actually uh, knocking on doors but in coming and experiencing that and then you know you come up with this idea of the golden door yep and then uh i walk up and i get this award and i get two of them um, and i had a and i explained it to you then it was like kind of an accident we uh accidentally sold this much because of this extreme circumstance that could never be repeated yep. which is this deadline and we just put everything we had into it uh, and I know positively that I would have rationalized not putting that level of effort in. One, because I wouldn't have needed the money, right? I made this, you know, a million and a half bucks addressing this issue, responding appropriately to a circumstance. But never in my mind did I think I'm going to uh, capture that and find a way to repeat it yeah. uh, and then turn it into a recipe to do it again and again and again. But seizing <laughs> on that idea that I had two of these and I wanted to do that again, it wasn't the million and a half dollars that got me to sell 2.8 million watts the next year. It was, I'm getting two of those motherfuckers because I'm not going yeah. out there and getting one. I, got, <laughs> I have that kind of ego. I just do. You know? yeah. I have that kind of an ego. Uh, and so that literally changed the course, right? So doing that year after year, a number of years in a row, it literally changed the course of my life and my vision for my life. It's cool to watch you've evolved that even since then, like over the last five, six years, mm -hmm. it's been like, 
oh wow, I can expand that to writing books and speaking on stages and hosting now a yacht mm -hmm. thing in mm -hmm. May to, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, well, it was all a chain reaction. Yep. I really believe in, you know, the chain started before that, but that was, you know, a big milestone. Uh, how, <laughs> do you reflect back on this crazy harebrained, you shouldn't do this idea, now having intersected with so many people, um, and, and what is, what's been the effect of that? Like that little butterfly wing thing a, a billion times. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I don't think we comprehend, even like anybody listening to this that maybe has never thrown an event with thousands of people yeah. or done something like that. Like, I think we underestimate the ripple effect that everybody has. Mm -hmm. And for us to try to even comprehend the interconnectedness of events and cause and effects is, is so hard, but like, my favorite thing, it's like what keeps me motivated is I keep this little journal of all the screenshots of people sending me a DM or a mm -hmm. message and just being like, dude, like I read your book and I did this or I went to this thing and now look at this. And I try to like capture each little thing, but it, yeah. in, in a paragraph, they're probably not explaining like the emotions they felt and the, <laughs> right, right, you right. know, the five year yeah. implications yeah. of X, yeah. and, you know, so it's hard to like, but I think if we don't take time to reflect on that kind of stuff, yeah. then we sometimes get lost in the sauce we let our egos or we let you know our own boxes and, and it's like we're yeah. in a house with no mirrors looking or windows looking right. out we're looking at mirrors and we're just seeing ourselves in yeah. this like little fight instead of looking at mirror or windows yeah. and being like wow look at everything outside of this like there's so much beauty in what's happening by me working in my little shop you know or doing your thing exactly that way Exactly. And then you get to see that kind of circle back to you by people giving you feedback and you're like, I, you don't even know what to do to a degree. The, the book thing is, you know, a chain reaction of Michael yep. Burt speaking. Yep. I'm like, that little dude has got shit I need, right? Yep. I gotta, I, I'm a good salesman. I need to become a better coach. Yep. And that dude's coach, Coach Michael Burt. So I want to become a coach. So I go listen to him and he goes, all right, tell me how you're doing this. All right, well... Uh, people see me online that I sold a lot and they say, uh, I want to learn how to do that. And you go, okay, what do you do? I said, well, I have them come to Arizona and then they live in my house. Okay, dude, yeah. that is not a training program. That's a residency. Wow, that was a good Michael Bird interpretation. <laughs> Wait, that's, that's not going to scale. That's a residency. <laughs> that's not going to scale, O'Donnell. It's not going to work. That's so <laughs> you you got to figure out and codify. And the beginning of codifying what I do and, and uh, you know, in, in the sales was you coming over to my house and going, O'Donnell, uh, I'm, in here, I'm in Phoenix and uh, I'm just going to come by your house. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> what are we going to do? I thought we'd sit down and uh, I'd just record you kind of, you know, doing your thing. We'll just capture your whole pitch so I can give it away to the rest of the world. Yep. I'm like, I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> and and I said, like, let's put it in systems. I, I was like, you give it a name yeah. and you're like, okay, let's call this one, kill the bill. I wasn't thinking that yet. Yeah. I'm thinking, uh, that doesn't sound like a good idea. And you're like, no, this karma thing, dude, I'm telling you, karma's good. It's be it'll, good. it'll be fine. It'll just go with it. And then you're like, yeah. I, and then I said, I don't know how to do that because I don't know what I do. And then you said, you got to put systems, codify, kind of figure out what you do. So that was the beginning of Oh, there's of a wildebeest. Wow. I have not seen a wildebeest yet. Now you have. Yeah, I think a lot of times people, that's like their struggle is getting their concepts, their ideas into a teachable method. Yeah. Because they've not even figured it out for themselves. Like whether you're going to teach it and you're a leader or you're just figuring it out for yourself and understanding like, what is it that I do that makes me good? That's something I get really interested in, hence why we felt 
you know, people like you or companies or whatever, mm -hmm. yeah, kind of organize their brains and processes into a way. But, um, but what do you actually do that yeah. works? Oh, let's tell people about that. Careful on this. Oh, These are like the thorniest of thorns. You're, you're, yes. You were in the You were in, you right were. Marsha was getting smacked. Those things are, the, are those what they pierce their nose with, Sid? Are those what the things, you know what I'm talking about? Like I've seen pierce, them in people's ears. We'll pierce your cheek. Yeah. yeah. It occurs to me that, you know, you know, in my search to sort of repeat that success and keep pulling more out of what we're doing together, I really leaned hard into something I'd wanted to do, which was to get into Napoleon Hill's writing, Think and Grow Rich, Think and Grow Rich with Peace of Mind. And I think what's happening here really embodies the whole idea of a mastermind. Yeah. Not the workshop one you see on a flyer for this real estate course or that course, whatever, but I mean the true idea of a mastermind, which is when you know, people with a like uh, intent and purpose and goodwill come together that an additional mind is created. Yeah. And that mind has access to ideas and information, all sorts of things uh, that happen. So when we came together uh, for the first sales summit and you were doing a guided meditation and in that guided meditation, you're, you're saying, okay, it's five years from now. Uh, 10x what you think you're going to achieve has already occurred because you've done the work to 10x your vision and you're five years looking backwards. Mm -hmm. um, what's in your life that wouldn't be there if you hadn't, you know, had this happen? And I had nothing. There was nothing there. My whole vision was the vision that I had grown up with, which is somehow survive with a negative amount of money in your checking account. Yeah. How do you get by? How do you survive and, and be okay? But we're okay with negative amounts of money. I didn't have a, uh, a concept or a vision of abundance, let alone what would I do with that abundance? And so I manufactured kind of this fictional idea in my head of standing on the bow mm -hmm. of an actual yacht, not some half-ass, you know, yeah. cutty cabin boat thing, but an actual yacht. I'm in a bathing suit, my shirt's off. I'm shredded, by the way, totally shredded, right? I'm jacked up. And uh, and this yacht is staffed and uh, and I'm preparing for my call, which I do with my, you know, you know, my chairman emeritus status from my big corporation that I'm still on the board of or whatever, right? Yeah, but uh, it's cool. this whole thing, but I'm pulling into Monte Carlo and I'm gonna play some high stakes poker in Monte Carlo. Like I'm building out this vision yeah. of what I would do on a yacht in the Mediterranean uh, because for whatever's happened in the last five years, I belong there. That's like, it's normal. Like that's what you would do. Yeah, you would have a yacht. Monte Carlo, for sure. So, uh, but people like laugh at this, but I'm like, <laughs> Yeah. Why don't they sit and try that? You know well, what I mean? Like, like that exercise, people more need to do. But keep I, going, That's keep what going. I think. Yeah. That's what I think. I, that caused me to think through that. Now, I talk about it all the time. Now, you know, in Napoleon Hill's concept is, you know, you first need to conceive it yeah. so that you can see it. And then once you see it, you're not going to believe it. But if it's with you for a while and you start doing some things, you'll believe it. Once you believe it, then your mind's going to go, oh, I guess we got to get busy doing this. I got to write a book. I got to have a uh, this, an academy, a master. I got to do stuff. So to make all this make sense and start, you know, 
going to that uh, extreme. So one question, number one, um, where's Sam Taggart? five years from now looking back <laughs> what's true about uh your life what things have come true um because of this and then what do you think about the value of that process yeah i mean i sit with that a lot um a big mission is our human development system expand mm -hmm. that's coming out mm -hmm. and we want to create like a connected technology but without taking away the the element of the mastermind feel mm -hmm. where there's still events and communities and but just on a whole nother level it's we want to create festivals of human development not just a door-to-door -door con but the festivals of you know catered events whether it's marketing or finance and real estate and fitness and this all having co-shared events mm -hmm. but also if uh, the app will have co-shared content that you can have one app and, and go do your meditations and do your workout and do your mm -hmm. sales score mm -hmm. yeah. all in the same system. How's that come about? Yeah, yeah it's like, and it's like, what's your, score? what's your score for all of that? And then what's your community for each of those? I want a sales community. Mm -hmm. If I'm into meditation, I want a meditation community, mm -hmm. but I don't have to be switching around mm -hmm. seven different places to go mm -hmm. find those. I want to mm -hmm. just be able to say, Ooh, I just, I meditated and this is where I found the meditations and I worked out and this is where I found my workouts and here's my coach and my workouts and here's my coach and my meditations. You know what I mean? Like what yeah. they, I think there's so much connectedness, we call it lifeness, okay. where, you know, your business and your, your, your fitness and your, that's all life. It's all inter intertwined more than I think we think. And so we wanted to build a connected app mm -hmm. that really creates that and it impacts millions of people. So. <laughs> kind of jumping the shark up and out of not necessarily just D2D, yeah. but also yeah. other communities of yeah. of things. So I gotta tell you, I'm really excited uh, about collaborating together. Yeah. I've had this idea that we could help others kind of have that moment where they have that vision 100%. and then, then make a commitment to yes. what is it going to take. I love sitting down with somebody new in solar and saying, okay, a seven figure income equals this many sales, equals this many uh, appointments, yeah. equals this many sits, equals this many doors, equals, you know, this many uh, knocks. So true. And uh, so to be thinking about uh, collaborating together, we're gonna be on the Mediterranean, we're gonna be on a yacht. That was important, it had to be a yacht. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so yacht, Mediterranean. My vision for that is to literally be living a nine figure lifestyle. Yes. While Which we're envisioning that nine, uh, figure uh, path which is part of part of the process is to experience it for a day mm. a guy named William Lamb taught us that and he said when so you're trying to real? manifest yeah he's like go drive the car right. your dream car there we go, go feel worthy of it like sit in it and yeah. smell what it smells like and touch the leather so that when you're visualizing it on a regular basis you can you can connect to I sat in that car for a day yeah. I know what it would be like if I had it for long term mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people if you have the opportunity to go sit on that yacht for a day a week or whatever it's kind of that opportunity to say oh I deserve a lifestyle like this I deserve a yeah like he said I'm worthy of worthy of experiencing this worthy of this 
nine-figure lifestyle. Yeah. It takes a, it takes me to be able to like believe that that's something that you are capable of and worthy mm-hmm. of. Yeah. And that it's not uh, fictitious. Like there are real people right now on real yachts going from Athens to Sicily to Barcelona, which is what we're going to do. Make our way through it. And it's just like, yeah, we're on a boat. We're doing this. Well, a friend of mine is literally bought a yacht. He's in Mediterranean right now. Mm -hmm. He ran a solar company. He did that. He's traveling the world for a year on a yacht. And he's like, come out whenever. Okay, you gotta meet. You gotta introduce me to this guy. Well, we're supposed to go I out there this year. I gotta get the cliff notes. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're supposed to go out there, right? Right, like, right, right. He's right. waiting for us right, right now. Right. We're like, oh, we have like 20 trips, but we're trying to figure out a weekend. We could just go to wherever he is in the Mediterranean right now and go hang with him for a well, couple of days. something that I've learned is that, and I, I didn't know this. Learned means you didn't know it, now you know it. Something that I've learned is it, it's that, that might happen. It might not happen. For me, it's going to happen, right? I've built a plan. I'm, that plan's in process. We're doing that. And if that plan gets diverted or God has another idea, I'll be okay with that yeah, idea. Yeah. But now I need a nine-figure income. I need a nine-figure you network. I need a nine-figure yeah. uh, legacy. I need generational wealth because now I've already put in plans and objectives and things where that's a requirement now. And here's what I've discovered in solar. People don't make the amount of money that they want to make. They make the amount of money that they need. And so if they don't transition from needing uh, enough money to keep their credit cards from being shut off, if they don't need an amount of money other than, uh, you know, we're getting evicted from our house. I think everybody's successful at not getting evicted. Yeah. Pretty much. Some people get evicted. You know, you'll meet somebody once in a while. I just got evicted. But hardly ever. Almost everyone you know did not get evicted this month. So they're, they're successful. The problem is their decision is, is to actually be in the midst of a nine-figure lifestyle Mm. like in these international destination epic ancient cities of sicily athens uh ending up in a party central barcelona but living a nine-figure lifestyle and and having that not be something that's foreign while we help people create that actual vision. Like yeah. I can see myself looking back where, and that, that doesn't have to be their vision and won't be right, but what is their vision? 100%. <clears throat> and then, you know, that's, the, that process for me has culminated in me going, well, if I want a nine figure uh, legacy, I have to do something that creates a nine figure outcome, which has led to me thinking, I guess I better be, you know, helping build a company that can scale and grow and and be in enough places to be one of the two or three companies that is the Home Depot, yes. uh, Lowe's and Ace <laughs> of, of the space that I'm in because it has to be to be sold off for me to run off with a couple hundred million and have a, a nine figure legacy. So I'm hoping to help others create that thought and, and start putting those pieces together while we're you know 100%. in the midst of it. 100%. Looking forward to doing that. I think people need to have that perspective more in their own regard, whether it's you're building a house or you're building a business or you're building, you know, what, what vision are you creating and how do you think bigger than you probably can conceive today? And then how do you go experience it for a day and practice playing around with the Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go live. I'm gonna go hang out on a yacht, even mm-hmm. though it's not my yacht yet. Mm-hmm. You know, or I'm gonna go live in this car, or buy this car, or rent this car for a day, and experience it. That's try it on. Try it on. Put it on as a garment. Wear try it. it on. Walk around with it. Feel it. Experience it, it. Have it be real. Yeah. Have it make sense. 
I think a lot of times even people even like with, oh, I'm, I want to be a millionaire. It's like, well, becoming a millionaire starts with mm -hmm. putting $100 in your bank account. Then it's $50 or $500 in yeah. your bank account. Then it's, you know, and it's like, and to be a millionaire, you have to spend money and end up with a million left over. Yes. And a millionaire is not nothing, so you really mean a 10 millionaire. Yeah. So if your whole life doesn't add up to that, you better do something different. Yes. So your brain better get started working on, how am I gonna do something beyond making enough money not to get evicted? Yes. Look at that sunset. That's so right. pretty. So final piece okay. added last night. Uh, we're on the other side of the world. We're in the southern hemisphere. Yeah. We're in the opposite time zone from yeah. what we live in. I wake up at 3.30, we're taking malaria pills, yes. which are supposed to give you vivid dreams. Yes. I have this vivid dream of what I'm doing to expand our company geography. All of a sudden, that's not the dream. I'm literally taking over Latin America. I'm working with the guys with the Latin solar con, right? And okay. so I have all these, I'm converting my book into Spanish uh, and, and I'm gonna be putting on this uh, conversation in Spanish uh, for the Latin solar con. So anyway, I have this dream about uh, so just creating these partnerships with these guys and we're gonna go take over Latin America. I love that. And where that comes from is yesterday being on the plane Mm. from Johannesburg here to the reserve. Yeah. And Marsha's reading a magazine. And the magazine has a family who goes solar. And the title to the article is, Solar Got Me My Wife Back. Solar Got Me My Life Back. And the story is about kind of a suburban couple yeah. Who live in Johannesburg, who are dealing with rolling blackouts every day, dealing with uh, electricity that costs way too much of a percentage of their income. And solar isn't like this cool thing that saved them some money. Solar is something that literally improved the quality of their life. Yeah, we experienced it. We're in the middle of yeah. dinner and and restaurants entire power system went out and yeah had to go <laughs> we're at the hard rack cafe yeah we're but not in london in johannesburg yeah. and the lights went out for a while yeah. <laughs> hear the generator kick on uh we're going on to generator power so crazy it really took my mind to another place of that you know what i do in my industry in the solar world uh as we enable this and it's already happening everywhere but what if we were to bring uh the intention of selling it to families so that they adopt it yeah. and create the financing so they can have it and maybe even help you know ideas that government should have tax credits and what have you anyway that just lit my mind on fire i wake up at 3 30 in the morning and instead of spreading solar through the united states i'm i'm going intergalactic so all that happened as a result that's of taking awesome. a malaria pill and getting on a plane to come do a safari that's with so you cool. so that's so cool it should happen i mean it's there for the taking it's People need it globally. I don't think people think that big. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from a community solar, commercial solar, mm -hmm. to residential solar, mm -hmm. to utility scale, like there's so much that can happen in verticals just in that realm. Like this reserve is owned by a guy. It's a private 
yeah. deal. And their next thing is a solar field so that they're independent yeah. of the grid in South Africa. They Somebody's can do gotta sell it to them. what Somebody's they need to do. Build it. And then build it, I install had a, it, service it. One of my clients just sold a, a 53 megawatt system to- Megawatt. Megawatt. <laughs> 53 megawatt, Megawatt yeah. system to the Mexican government. Yeah. And I mean, think wow. about that. Mexican government, there you go, Latin America. Mexican government, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I should connect you. They got to start uh, replacing premix fossil fuels, yep. dead. So for him, it's like he's been working on that deal for three, four years. His residential side in the US is not doing great, they're mm -hmm. struggling. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, how much will you make on a 53 megawatt system? Yeah. And he's like, it'll take me a few years to build it all. The, just the funding for all of that is, you know, it's, it's a more complex deal, but it, he did it. And he's like, yep, now I just I think he'll fund and profit a couple million dollars a year, every year on that. <laughs> what, what a deal. And, and it's like this little tiny drop yeah. in, a, in a huge ocean. Huge. Of, uh, it's funny, I have solar guys come up to me and go, ah, solar, I wish I'd have got in earlier. It's saturated now. It's like, bro, you have no idea yeah. uh, what, what saturated will be 80% yeah. uh, domestic US homes covered. That's about 30 million. Yeah. Uh, no, that's 50%. 50% of the homes uh, with solar on it's about 30 million. Yeah, we got a ways to go. Yep. We got a ways to go. So I'm uh, looking forward to Tahiti. Yeah. And then uh, excited to uh, be doing a nine-figure mastermind on the Mediterranean. Looking forward to it. So Be so fun. <laughs> hey. More adventures. Here we'll we go. Love it. Come adventure with us. Good to be with you, man. Okay. See ya.